0: Good afternoon. I like that response. Some years ago, I joined a Bible study group headed by an evangelical fundamentalist to better understand them. At one point, we inevitably reached the subject of justification when he said, if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are going to hell. As the token Catholic, I slowly raised my hand, and I could see the nervousness in his eyes. I asked, Does that mean that all 1.6 billion Muslims are going to hell? After squirming in his chair, he sheepishly and quietly said, Yes. Well, I said, we Catholics believe in letting the bigger decisions up to God and kind of think that 1.6 billion souls is one of those bigger decisions. I must admit there was a little sarcasm in the. We Catholics interpret scripture differently in that we believe salvation for all comes freely through Jesus, even to non-Christians but they don't have to earn it by stroking Jesus' ego since he has no ego, although we all have free will to reject his love. We believe that all we must do is love and seek truth, which is explained a few verses further on in today's Luke's Gospel, when Jesus was asked what one must do to inherit eternal life. Jesus said, you shall love. Now, I would note that that does not include telling people that they are going to hell. In today's gospel, Jesus sends out 72 disciples to evangelize by spreading God's message of love to the world. There are two ways they preached, by words and by actions. St. Francis clarified their relative importance when he said, Preach the gospel at all times. If necessary, use words. The Gospel Summer emphasizes the hospitality that God requires of us both as guest and host. Today, many are immigrating from their countries in search of opportunity and love. But the question is who is evangelizing whom? The immigrant guests or the citizen hosts? If the test is the gospel of love, then let's examine today's other readings. In the first reading, after the Israelites are defeated and exiled, the people are called to a renewed faith in God. They are called to imagine a new Jerusalem where your hearts shall rejoice and your bodies flourish like grass. Today, many people risk everything and flock to the U.S for a brighter future. In the second reading, Paul writes to the Galatians about their over-illegalistic approach to requiring circumcision to enter the kingdom. In the first century, one had to be a Jew in order to be a Christian. The Catholic Council of Jerusalem in 50 AD eliminated this requirement thus opening Jesus' love to all, regardless of faith, belief. Today, our country is uncontrollably open to all, including legal and illegal immigrants. But why are there so many illegal immigrants? There are two reasons, both of which are destructive. First is the failure of immigrant home countries They were often driven out because of bad economic and legal systems. Once on the Reforma Street in Mexico City, I observed a policeman accepting a bribe for triple parking. A dual citizen friend standing next to me said, you don't approve, do you? Not really, I said. He said, then you don't understand the culture. Mexico is ruled by Napoleonic law, which has little literal interpretation of statutes, with no court precedents for changing interpretation, and little rescinding of laws. The result is no one can live a day without breaking the law. The solution is trading services strictly within one's family and through bribery in a close circle. Both compromise economic freedom which accumulates the wealth in the hands of a few, eliminates the middle class, and leads to more immigration abroad. Second is the failure of our country. We are not enforcing our borders to maintain our sovereignty, which is one of the very reason immigrants come to the U.S. Our immigration laws have not kept up with the increased influx of immigrants resulting in an enormous number of undocumented workers. Over 25 years ago, I unknowingly hired an illegal immigrant for services. Later, I learned that he and his wife were Catholic, had seven American-born children, but were not married, fearing their public marriage would risk deportation. Though they originally broke the law, what was he to do now without hurting his legal children? The untenable tension between unsecured borders and outdated immigration laws puts families at risk, discourages Catholic marriages, invites exploitation of workers, encourages trafficking in children, women, and drugs, and threatens our national sovereignty and security. So, how are we personally challenged? In business, do we hire foreign agents knowing that they will bribe their local officials in violation of the U.S. Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, thus reducing their middle class and causing more immigrants to flee to the U.S.? Do we angrily politicize immigration or lovingly focus on bipartisan solutions? Do we seek only cheap labor or loving solutions? Do we look for an escape in Sunday homilies from the social questions bombarding us in daily press? Or do we follow St. Paul when he said, If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing.